Welcome to the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is Nini White, and this episode addresses a particularly common challenge in our life and work with young children the I, I, me, me, mine mindset. Hopefully you'll gain some fresh ideas and insights from this episode, and if you do, would you be a darling and take a few moments to rate this podcast and maybe even write a quick review? I'm sorry to pester you about that, but more ratings and reviews equal more teachers and parents we can support, and that is what we're here for. You and others like you who have the most important jobs in the world, nurturing young children's healthiest social, emotional and life skills development. First of all, the way to move very young children beyond their typical I, I, me, me, mine mindset is not by telling them to to think about how others feel, not by directly asking them how they think others feel, Not by asking them how they'd like it if someone acted toward them the way they've acted towards another. And of course, we all know, not by trying to shame them into another mode of behavior. Let's look a little more closely at those knots that I've just shared with you. First of all, have you tried any of the above? I don't know about you, but I have with maddeningly unsatisfying results which is a big reason why I'm here with you now. I've learned a lot over the years in the classroom. Okay, so why should we not tell kids to think about how their reactions make others feel? Because nobody likes to be told what to think. Not you, not me, not anyone. And that dislike actually started for us, all of us, in our very earliest years. And why should we not directly ask young children how they think others feel? Well, my first thought is because when put on the spot, kids are not very likely to be willing or even able to shift their focus of attention from the mode of self-interest to the mode of empathizing and perspective-taking, especially, especially not on demand and under pressure. And why should we not ask young children how they'd like it if someone acted toward them the way they've just recently acted towards another? Mm, Pretty much the same answer as to the previous question. Because when put on the spot, kids are not usually able to shift their mindset from I, I, me, me, mine mode to thinking how others feel and what others need, especially not on demand and with emotional pressure to do so. And of course, we all know there is no upside to shaming children in an attempt to alter their behavior patterns. In fact, the downsides to shaming children are so obvious, so abundant, that I'll just leave that for another episode of this podcast, one that relates to stress-induced trauma, actually. Okay, so... What can we do to help move young children beyond that typical I, I, me, me, mine mindset? This may seem a little subversive, but rather than looking at it that way as subversive, I hope you consider the brain science of learning. Because in the earliest years of life, the brain is still in its earliest stages of formation, 
and the logical part of the brain, that prefrontal cortex, science and MRIs tell us is not even close to being fully formed. In fact, that logical part of the human brain typically is not fully formed until around age 25. Much as I love to geek out on the fascinating facts contemporary brain science makes available to us, for now I just want to bring home the fact that young kids really, truly, actually, and factually are not set up to be logical. They can grow in that direction, but we cannot and we should not expect too much from them without gentle facilitation from us. Okay, Back to the subversive part, which really isn't subversive, but instead works with and in better alignment with the structure, therefore the functioning ability of young brains, which, as we've all observed, are quite self-interested, but which, funnily enough, we can actually use that fact to everyone's benefit. How? We can talk about a kid to an adult or even another child mentioning the kid's name a few times when the kid is in close proximity. That is how you get a kid's attention. That is how you get the kid to learn about ideas, behaviors, attitudes, and actions that you'd like him or her to adopt or at least consider. The power of this approach is that it is totally non-threatening And so the child does not put up any defenses that would interfere with the ideas you're trying to convey. A simple example. You'll need to be in a relatively quiet place, and the child who's all I, I, me, me, mine will ideally be nearby, engaged in a solitary activity, but not in your direct line of vision. Then you and another person can begin a natural conversation that goes something like, All the kids are really enjoying those new blocks that we got yesterday. Yes, it's great to see what they're building, and I love it when they play and share cooperatively. I know. I wish Stevie understood how much more fun she could have if she would try sharing some some of those blocks with her new classmates. Isn't it the truth? Stevie is so creative with those blocks. Maybe she just doesn't think she could enjoy building something with any of the kids in the class, but she might be surprised if she gave it a chance. I agree. Maybe someday she'll give it a try. I hope so, for her happiness. Then you just change to another subject. Knowing that young children have very big ears when their names are mentioned. (laughs) Don't we all? All right. Let's consider one more quick example for this non-confrontational approach that identifies undesirable behaviors without identifying or causing shame to any quote-unquote wrongdoers. Did you think you brought enough cookies to the party this afternoon? I thought I did, but several kids didn't get any. Did you think someone ate more than their fair share? Ooh, I hope not. But I know that that happens sometimes. You know, sometimes kids see something that they like and they just take all they want. But that's because they forget that there are other kids who would like the same thing they like. Yes, I suppose that's what happens. 
I don't want any kids who take more than their fair share to feel badly, but I would love to see them be more careful about making sure that everyone gets a fair share. Right, I agree. That would be nice for all of us. Fortunately, this is a great group of kids, and they're learning how to be kind and more fair all the time. So I'd like to think that won't be happening at our next celebration. Yep, me too. So there you have it, with no promises for miracle transformations. But don't be surprised if you start noticing gentle shifts in behaviors when you try this subtle approach. As we all know, kids are sensitive to what's going on around them, especially when they feel no pressure to be noticing or listening. Yes, it is a bit counterintuitive, but I hope you'll try these ideas and let us know how they work for you, or not. We actually appreciate all honest and constructive feedback, really. Okay, thanks for all you do for the kids. Until next time.